Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. remember this past year that we gave over $10,000 to missions? Did you know that? We gave over $10,000 to missions. Do you guys remember last year that we gave almost $19,000 to missions? Do you guys know that this year we're going to give $12,000 to missions? Okay. Now, when you, give, when you give missions money, I want to be clear about this. You're not paying administrative fees on that because people think, oh, I'm giving money, but some guy is getting a cut. No, it goes straight to the mission field where it's needed. You are building orphanages. You are building churches. In Sri Lanka, you built a home where widows who are Buddhist, can go and have shelter. Because they went and got shelter, they're getting saved. That's what you're doing. In, in Sri Lanka, you're supporting a missionary who was going into the brothels. Now, let me finish this statement. He's going into the brothels and he's rescuing young 14-year-old girls and boys and leading them out of captivity at the risk of his life. Because if they catch him, they'll kill him. That's what you're doing with your money. That's what you do when every time you give to missions, that's what you do. It doesn't, this church does not get a dime of that. I want you to know that because when you do that, this church benefits from it. You benefit from it. With Jackson this morning, and I don't want to embarrass Jackson because he's done so much, but I'm like you, Will. I'm having a tough time with this because we know. We've been there. We've been on the mission field. We know. And what God is doing, how could we not have revival this morning? How could we not have revival? Listen, whether, whether or not you like me is inconsequential. It's about what God is doing. Amen? Not that I'm not unlikable. I don't mean that because it's not about me. It's about what God is doing. And I see just great and amazing things about what he is doing. Amen? I see God leading people to salvation and I see God moving in the church, and, and today, today is Pentecost Sunday, and, and this is the day that we, we celebrate the Holy Spirit coming down on Pentecost and basically starting the church because Jesus had ascended to heaven. But today may be Pentecost Sunday, but guess what tomorrow is? And I asked that question, and, and people said Memorial Day, which is true. But tomorrow is also Pentecost Monday. Tuesday is Pentecost Tuesday. In other words, if we just get filled with the Holy Spirit today and keep it here, then we've done nothing. The purpose of the church is to take what God has given us and share it in the community because there are people who need it and need something from God this morning. Amen? There are people who need what you have. And you say, well, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Look, nobody's totally comfortable sharing the gospel. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I've been doing this for a long time. It's hard to go up to somebody or tell them. But we're not, we're not talking about this radical thing. You know, you get around people, you talk about what you're passionate about. Amen? You talk about the things that you're passionate about. And, and until, like we learned last week, until we get passionate 
until we get passionate about Jesus, we will never impact our community. We will never impact the town, the city, the state. We will never make an impact. Amen? And people, churches are complaining, like they're complaining about America. You know, we're, we complain, oh, I can't believe this is the country that it used to be. Uh, you know, Target's doing this. And i, I got to be honest with you, I don't care what Target's doing, mainly because we don't have one here, right? I don't care what Target's doing. You know what I care about? I care about the gospel going forth, amen? Listen, I want to be clear about this. Sinners are going to sin. That's their job, Right? My job is to show them the Lord. But we know this world's going down the tubes because that's what was predicted. That's prophecy, amen? You know, what what I care about, I don't care about Target doing what they're doing. I, I mean, that's them. I mean, they're a business. They can do whatever they want. I care about the souls going in and making bad decisions, amen? I want them to know there's a better way, amen? And until the church get past some of these things and quit being political and start being spiritual, we will not be the church, amen? We need to be a loving caring, compassionate, correcting, loving church. Amen? We need to show people that God loves them and God cares about them and that he wants to use them. And most of all, he wants to redeem them. Amen? He wants to redeem them. Amen? We don't need people feeling guilty about who they are. The Holy Spirit can take care of that. My job is to love them. You know what? During the 80s, people with AIDS, the one people that didn't want to talk to them were the Christians. The church has backed away from the people with AIDS and we missed an opportunity We need to embrace the homosexual. We need to embrace the transgender. We need to embrace the pedophile. Now, I know that's uncomfortable. I get that. But you know what Jesus did? I want to be clear about this. Jesus hugged the leper. Can I say that again? Jesus hugged. You know what the leprosy was? Leprosy was a terrible, horrible disease that people thought was contagious. But you know what Jesus did? Jesus went right up to him and he hugged him. Amen? And if we're supposed to act like Jesus, then we need to not just say that we love the sinner. We need to love the sinner. Amen? We need to love the sinner. Amen? Does that mean... Does that mean that I'm going to excuse their lifestyle, that I'm going to say it's okay? No, I'm going to preach the gospel, amen? But if the Holy Spirit is responsible for showing them that this is not the right way to be, amen? I don't, listen, that's what the messages are for. I can speak all day long, and it's not going to make a difference in someone's life. What's going to make a difference in someone's life is the Holy Ghost getting a hold of them and say, quit acting that way. You don't need to do that, amen? Listen, I don't have to tell you to drink. I don't have to tell you not to drink, but you know what? Some people come up to me and they ask me, Pastor, should I drink or not drink? The Holy Spirit's already convicting you. Why are you asking me? Amen? Don't Listen, listen to the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? Listen to what God has to say. The job of the church is to perpetuate Pentecost. Amen? But now we're going to cover the second letter to the churches. Because I want to know what kind of church are we? Because when you start proclaiming the gospel of Christ, people are going to go, oh, thank you for sharing that. I'm so happy you did. What must I do? Are they going to do that? Probably not. They're going to make fun of you, aren't they? They're going to give you a hard time, ain't they? They're going to they're probably make fun of you. And if you live in some countries, they may even hurt you, Amen. I can remember when I was in the Czech Republic right after communism fell and the the man walked with a limp and I asked him, I said, why are you walking with a limp? It's just because the police beat me because I was a preacher. See, we haven't seen that in America yet. We haven't seen that in America yet, but it's coming, isn't it? Let's read this letter. Revelations chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. This is only a portion of it. He says, unto the angel of the church in Smyrna right now, he's not talking about a physical angel. He's talking about a messenger. The messenger would be the pastor or preacher. That would be someone like myself. He said, these things say the first and the last who was dead and come to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. Praise God. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not in our synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of these things that 
you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Man, if there's a message that I want to give back to you today, if there's a message that I want you to hear from me today, is to be faithful. Faithfulness. Be faithful, amen? When come, people come against you, be faithful. When people talk about you, be faithful. When your family abandons you and criticizes you and won't even talk to you anymore, and maybe they go to a different church now because you're crazy, be faithful, amen? When, when people look at you, they don't want to even listen to you, and, and they, they make fun of you, and they talk about you on social media, and they do all these things, and they make you feel bad about yourself, be faithful, amen? We need to be faithful what God is doing in our lives, amen? Be faithful. That's what God is saying to us today. But man, we got to cover a tough subject today, recovering persecution. So what is persecution? It means to... Suffer at the hands of someone who disagrees with your theology or ideology. In these last days, we know persecution will come. And this is the tough part because we've gotten through the past 30 or 40 years with compromise. What the church has done is we've allowed things to come into the church, and because it seems spiritual, we thought it to be spiritual. We've seen that in our worship music. We've seen that in our church services. We've seen that in other areas of the body where things become more important than the Word of God. There are some churches that they focus so much on the worship that they forget about the Word. See, I have an issue with that. It's not the worship that gets us to God, amen? I mean, it starts the process as it gets us in his presence, but there's got to be some kind of communication there, and that's where the word of God comes in. We communicate with God through the word of God, amen? It's not enough just to come into his presence. We've actually got to listen to what he has to say, amen? But too many people want to have the feel-good moment of worship. So I'm going to use that word loosely, worship. They want to have the feel-good moment of the music. I mean, and who doesn't like good music? But what good is music? if you don't change who you are, amen? What good is music? I, I, I heard about a situation where a man told me he's getting a divorce from his wife. And I said, oh, that's terrible. How could you do that? And he said, well, we don't get along anymore. We're getting a divorce. And we're definitely, and there's definitely some bad blood there. They're really angry with each other. And then I asked him, I said, well, what, what are you doing? Still going to church? Oh, yeah, we go to church together. We sit together. But we're definitely getting a divorce. And I kept thinking to myself, what is wrong with that picture, amen? And I asked him, I said, well, why do you go at this particular church? Oh, the music is great. Have we fallen in love with the wrong thing? That we've fallen in love with the worship instead of the word we worship? Amen. Have we fallen in love with the music and the entertainment rather than the word of God? Have we fallen in love with the wrong thing? Have we become a church of compromise where the very thing that God has established, we've distorted for our own pleasure? Have we changed the gospel? Have we changed the gospel to fit our needs? Have we changed the gospel to fit what we want and what we're comfortable with? Have we changed the gospel to be something that, that we can be okay with instead of realizing that coming to church is supposed to make you uncomfortable? We got these nice seats. And don't get me wrong, I love our seats. But I've been in churches in other countries where we had nothing to sit on but benches, amen? And the Spirit of God flowed there just like it can flow here, amen? Have we become so comfortable that we've compromised the Word? See, the Lord is calling us back to who He is, amen? And when you do that, when you realize that God is calling you, and we're starting to see this a little bit because we're starting to see the government starting to insert itself into our affairs as a church. You hear about things happening. You hear about things happening and, and how they're, they're saying that churches now need to do this and they need to do that and the government's getting involved and everybody knows that when the government gets involved in something, it's never a good thing, is it? And so we realize that a day of persecution is coming. Let me tell you what's going on in the world right now. In about 100 countries, Persecution has increased in absolute terms 
and Christians killed for reasons related to their faith between October 1st, 2020 and September 30th, 2021 exceed 5,800, about 23% more than the previous year. Using those same time frames, the number of Christians persecuted worldwide, 360 million people. Christians killed, 5,898. Churches and related buildings attacked or closed, 5,110. Christians arrested without trial in prison, 6,175. Christians kidnapped, 3,829. You say, whoa, whoa, pastor, this isn't happening here in America, isn't it? Isn't it? It's happening in Canada right now. Pastors are being arrested by the government for simply stating the truth that homosexuality is not of God. There's coming a time, brothers and sisters, that will be against the law that as the pastor that I get up in the pulpit and say that homosexuality is wrong. It is coming. You can promise it is coming. Just like they tried to shut us down during COVID. They're going to use some reason. Unless you have the word of God in you and you have a passion for God in you, you're going to fall by the wayside. But also know that when you have that passion and that word and that desire to serve God, that persecution is coming to you and your household. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, 1 Peter 3.14, do not be afraid of their threats nor be troubled. See, this, this is something I want to communicate to you today. The devil blows a lot of hot air. Can I say that again? Because I want you to understand this. I mean, sure, persecution can hurt my body, but guess what it can't take? My soul. Thank you, somebody. Somebody heard that. I call that, I call that the curse of the golf clap, where I hit a good shot and everybody's like, it's very good, Pastor. Very good. Very good. Very good. Amen. <laughs> no, man. They can't. Sure, they can harm your body. See, that scares some of you, right? That There's a fear there. And I'm not trying to be, put, this is not a downer message. This is an uplifting message. It can hurt our body, but they can't take my soul. Amen. They can't, they can't take Jesus from me. They can't sit there and remove, the devil can't come and remove Jesus from me. He may try to beat it out of me. He may try to get me by a compromise, but only I can give up Jesus, amen? Let me tell you today that the church has to stand in the trial, just like the three Hebrew children, just like Jackson right there in the water. We have to be willing to stand up and say, I will not deny the Lord Jesus Christ today. I will not deny the Lord Jesus Christ today. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this in John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19. He said, if the world hates you, you ever been hated before? I'm not talking about by family or in-laws or outlaws. That was my mother-in-law that said that. <laughs> it's a little joke between us. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people genuinely hating you. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. This is Jesus talking. Oh, Lord, I want to be like you. Okay, well, they're going to hate you. I didn't mean that. I want to be able to rise people from the dead. Well, to rise people from the dead, then people are going to hate you because they hated me when I rose them from the dead. Well, I don't really mean I want to be like you. I want to kind of look like you. Listen, looking like him and talking like him doesn't mean anything. We've got to be him. We've got to be him. Amen? That means that, means that people are going to hate us. That means that when they see that little Christian bumper sticker on the back of your car, they're going to honk at you for no reason. Come on. That means when they see you pray at the restaurant, that they're going to laugh at you. We still pray at the restaurant, don't we? 
Do we still do that, or we just gotta do it quickly? What? Nobody's looking. Lord Jesus, bless. Amen. Hey, all right. I was around somebody one time. People, we were embarrassed to pray over a meal. So what they did is they got up and they built. They went down on their knees and they started praying the loudest prayer in my life. And I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna kill him." But he proved his point. We got to demonstrate who Christ is. Amen. That means we need to be compassionate. That means. That means when you're at the restaurant and you have a bad waiter and a bad waitress, we still tip them 20% to show them the love of Jesus. Amen? That means we're not the people who keep sending their meals back because we're displeased because we're not being served correctly. That means we love people because we know that they're working hard, even though it doesn't seem like they, they are. Amen? That means we love the people who are serving us. It means that we care about the people who are around. That means we would die for the people who slap us in the face. That's what the love of Christ does. Amen? And it's time the church does that. Amen? He says... If you were of the world, then the world would love its own. Now, by the way, you can tell when a church is not really a church when the world loves it. When they get all the, the good press. Oh, this church did this thing. Aren't they wonderful? I'm going to tell you, it may seem wonderful, but if it's not done with the Spirit of God, it means nothing. It means nothing. Amen. You can get on the news and brag about how spiritual you are, but if it's not the Spirit of God, it means nothing. Amen? The world is not going to like you. Amen? And i I got to be a little honest with you right here. If the world do, does like you, then maybe you need to look at yourself. I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. If the world does like you, then maybe you need to re-examine you are because maybe you got more of the world than you do Jesus. Maybe they see a little bit of themselves too much in you, amen? Then that's where you need the sanctifying power of the Holy Ghost to come into your life and cleanse you from that sin and realize it is time to stop living like the world and become like Jesus. The Bible talks about forsaking, forsaking all those things, forsaking. You know what the word forsaking means? The word forsaking means to give up. I don't have to give up alcohol. Listen, I know I just shocked some of you. But I choose to. I choose to give up, give up alcohol because of how people see it. I don't need to go down to the bar to have a good time. That's just going to get me in a lot of trouble, amen? Especially looking like I do. <laughs> I walk in that bar, I'm in trouble. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Randy. Wait. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to give up weed. Oh, pastor's smoking weed. No, I'm not. But I choose to give up weed. Amen? Because I know, because I know that that does not bring about the holy lifestyle that God wants me to have. Amen? I gave up cursing. Now, the Bible actually talks about cursing for those of you who talks about what God says and what he doesn't say. But I gave up cursing not only because God's word said it, but because I can't use the Lord's name in vain and then come into church and to worship him at the same time. Amen? I can't call my wife a name and then turn around and tell her I love her. Amen? I can't, say I can't call down a curse on someone and then tell you I love you in the name of Jesus. It doesn't work that way. It, the bells, things can't come out of my mouth. Amen? I can't live an alternative lifestyle, which the Bible does talk about, and come in here and worship God like everything's okay. Now, God will receive those who do that. I'm not talking about that. But it's time that we get the world out of us and realize that we need to live a holy life. Amen? We need to live a life that the world recognizes, but in doing that, in doing that, they're going to look at you like you're weird. I want everybody to look around you. Look at your neighbor. Say, hello, weirdo. <laughs> Isn't it great to be in a church full of weirdos? Pastor, I'm not weird. Well, you need to get saved. Because if you were saved and sold out in the blood of Jesus, I promise you, you're a weirdo. Amen? I'm a weirdo. Okay? And I'm proud of being a weirdo. 
You know why I'm a weirdo? Because a weirdo doesn't do things the world does or other people do. I don't need to go to the bar. I don't need to do those things. I don't need to skip around on my wife. I don't need to skip around on my family. I don't need to go outside to, to earn some type of satisfaction. My satisfaction comes from serving the Lord. Amen? But when you do that, the world is going to come against you. See, I'm only telling you these things because it's happening. We don't need to protest. We need to pray. People come to me all the time. Pastor, we need to protest. I say, you go ahead. I'm not going with you. You don't believe in this? Oh, no, I do. But I believe I could do more on my knees than you could on your sign. Amen? Somebody said one time, the, pray, the time for praying is over. And then I realized that I definitely did not need to be with them or join with them. Because there's always time to pray. As a matter of fact, starting Thursday night, we're not going to come to the church here, but I want you to, to, at home, I want you to set aside some time to just pray over our city. Just pray over our city, amen? And we're going to be, normally we don't, we don't meet on a Sunday night when there's a holiday, but we are going to meet tonight for prayer meeting because we haven't met in the past two weeks, and I just really feel the urgency that we need to pray tonight. So join us in prayer, but more than that, more than that, we need to pray on Thursday nights. Now, here's my goal, and maybe you can help me do this. I want to have every church in the community take one night. Now, think about that for a moment. What if, what if one church prayed on Tuesday night, another church prayed on Monday night, another church prayed on Friday, and another church prayed on Saturday? That would mean that we would be in church or praying as a church, a group of believers, every night of the week. We're going to turn this city upside down. Amen? Listen. I'm tired of churches being their own independent entity. We are, listen to me, the church. We're not the church of God or the Baptist or the UPC or the independent, whatever they are, I don't know. We are the church, amen? There is not one church better than the other church, and no one has the totally correct theology. We just look at the Bible the best that we can and hope that we're right. It is time that we come together and pray together and look together and realize that we are in the end times, amen? We need to come together as churches and realize that God loves all of us. He loves the Baptists. He loves the church of God. He loves the assembly of God. He loves everyone. He loves the Seventh-day Adventist, we need to pray together, amen? He even loves the Lutheran, amen? He loves the Presbyterian. He loves the Catholic. You know who else he loves? The Mormons. Come on. He loves the Jehovah's Witness. I don't like them when they come to my door, but I still love them. At least they go out and witness. Mm. I said it. You still love me, though. You still love me. You know the hardest part going about witness around here? Those of you who have joined me when we go on around witness, every one of them who has done it, they've said they had the door slammed in their face. They even told me one time they went to a pastor's house. I didn't know it was a pastor's house, and the pastor wouldn't let them pray for them. I won't say who it was, and I almost revealed it. And I thought to myself, how sad that you wouldn't let someone pray for you. What do you think, they're going to break out in tongues or something? Actually, that would have been kind of cool if we did that. Maybe they would have gotten saved. Anyway, I'm going to keep going. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Don't repeat me. See, I want you to understand that the Lord knows our works. Now, remember last week, we talked about the Lord knowing the works. Remember that? He says, I know your works, and, you know, I don't really like what you're doing. You've lost your first love. But this time, the tone is a little bit different, and you can tell. You know why? Because they're suffering for the Lord. They're suffering. He says, I, I know your works, your tribulation, and your poverty. And he talks about poverty. When we think that, hey, I don't have anything, and the Lord says, oh, but you're rich. Remember what he said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, shall they, they shall inherit the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, we are more than this moment right here. We are more than this moment. We serve an everlasting, powerful God that can do anything, can restore anything. Amen? That's the kind of God that we serve. See, working and serving in church is not the issue. It's 
In fact, we should encourage it, but it's the way we do it. It, it, it will send something, and he says it quite frequently, and I'm glad he does. If you give and you're not doing it with a cheerful heart, don't do it. And sometimes I want to go, don't say that, but it's true. I mean, it really is, and I'm glad he does say it, because it really is about the heart. Do you know that if someone gave, let's just use an astronomical number, okay? If someone gave $5,000 and their heart wasn't doing it, they just felt like they needed to, that God doesn't really bless that money for us? But man, if someone gave a dollar and it's all they had and they did it with a heart of worship and praise, God can take that dollar and pay off this building? You guys understand that, right? I mean, it's not about the amount, it's the heart. Now, some of us... We give, but we're holding something back. And I'm going to tell you, God's never going to bless that. i got to hold something back because i got bills to pay. It doesn't work that way, okay? You, you give and let God take care of the rest. He'll bless you, amen? He'll bless you. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to be in trouble. You need to be here on Wednesday night. We're going to teach you how to be good stewards over your money. Well, you say, well, pastor, I know how to do that. And I keep thinking to myself, no, you don't. I don't know how to do it. I've had to learn how to do it. But when you give and you do things in the church and you do it with a heart of worship, you do all those things because you want to do it because you want to serve God, then God is going to bless you, and he appreciates that, and he blesses it. I want you to understand how much that means to him. There's two things that we need to do under persecution. First, he talks about this in verse 10. He says, do not fear. I said this last week and I meant it. I've heard people say, oh, if they held a gun to my head and told me to renounce Jesus, I wouldn't do it. And I keep thinking, you don't even come to church half the time. How can you say you're going to stand for your faith? How, you know, you've got to be rock solid in who you are. But when that time comes, persecution comes, the Bible says, verse 10, it says, do not fear. You know what fear does? Fear paralyzes you. You ever, you ever been really scared before and you couldn't move? You ever, you ever just been frightened and you felt like that you couldn't even move your arms or they weighed a thousand pounds each? That's what fear does to you. But can I tell you this morning that God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. 1 Peter 4.16, it says, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God in this matter. See, fear is based on Losing what we have, which is temporal. If they come and take my car, guess what I have? I got two feet. If they come and take my house, I've got a house in heaven waiting on me. If they come and take my life, I've got a life of eternity waiting on me. Amen? That's what I have waiting on me. We have to come to a point, and we haven't, we haven't seen or experienced this here in America. We've got to come to a point where we live our lives with a reckless abandonment of the faith. That's a lot to ask. A reckless abandonment of the faith. He wants us to be faithful. Verse 12, 1 Peter 4 12 and 13, it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Have you heard people going through stuff? What is, the, what is it they say? Why is this happening to me? Have you ever heard that? Why is this happening to me? Well, don't think it's strange. But then he says this, and this is the weirdest thing, but rejoice to the extent that you, are, that you partake of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Now, isn't that weird? 
you're being persecuted, and you start smiling. Can you imagine how mad that's going to make people? Somebody hits you over the head, and you go, oh, praise God, that felt bad. But praise God. Or maybe, maybe says, somebody says something about you on Facebook that's negative. Not, not because of life or relationships, but, but about your faith. And you go, praise God. Amen. I'm being persecuted. Do you realize, do you realize the honor it is to be persecuted? That God chose you to be persecuted? And then you have to ask yourself, why am I not being persecuted? Am I not living the life for Jesus? Isn't that a fair question to ask? Why am I not being persecuted? Am I making my faith known? Because I want to tell you right now, the one thing the devil does not want you to do is to talk about Jesus. He does not want you to share about Jesus, and he will do anything he can to shut you up. Brothers and sisters, I know this is going to sound strange, but I ask myself, why isn't this church persecuted? Are we proclaiming him enough? Why aren't there, and let's, let's not make it about us, but why aren't the churches in Juneau being persecuted? Why aren't the churches in America being persecuted? Oh, pastor is coming, and I agree with you, but why isn't it here now? Are we not proclaiming the gospel enough? Amen? Are we not afraid to say sin is sin? Amen? Are we not afraid to reach out and say you can't do that in our schools? You can't take someone who is a drag queen, let them go inside of a school or a library and make it socially acceptable. You can't do those things. We will pray against that. We will not allow that to happen. We will talk about sin. We will expose the sin of our government, we will expose the corruption of our government. People who are being paid off to, be, to, to make votes that they shouldn't make. And that happens here in Juneau, just so that you know. Amen? We will come against the agenda of people who have an agenda that is not of God. Why is the church not being persecuted in Juneau? That's a question we have to ask, isn't it? Are we not... See, if I were to go to Pakistan right now and I got on the street corner and I started saying the name of Jesus, man, I would be in trouble. As a matter of fact, we can't go to England right now and get on a straight corner, street corner and talk about Jesus. Did you know that? I think that's right. You can't go to England and start preaching on a street corner. Well, pastor, we live in America. Yes. But it doesn't mean that people aren't against it. Why, why is the church not persecuted in America? And it's because we've compromised. We've become, we, in our effort to grow a church and get more numbers, we've allowed things in the church that are not of God. We've got to get back to God, amen? Can I, can I say that again? I'm calling the church back to God, Amen? I'm calling the church back to God. Pastor, you calling everybody a sinner? Yes. I'm calling me one too. You know why? Because I don't love God every day like I should. I have things that come up in my life, and some days I'm not able to read my, or I shouldn't say I'm not able to, I just don't read my Bible like I should. Pastor, is not reading your Bible a sin? No, but it'll lead to sin real quick. I can tell you that right now. I don't have time to read the Bible. Count up your social media minutes and count up your Bible minutes and let me know which is more. Tell me which is more and then tell me you don't have time. Brothers and sisters, we've got to get back to God. Amen? We've got to rise up. We've got to rise up. We've got to rise up. We need to be faithful. We need to rejoice in our Christ's sufferings. When hard times come, we need to be faithfulness. When good times come, we need to be faithful. Then the last thing we're going to get is we're going to get a crown of life. See, we always think about what we've lost. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, 
What you have right now is nothing compared to what you're going to get. Am I on, Nick? Are you sure? Because I heard a few people get it. All right, I'm coming out here. Here we go. <laughs> what we have right now, this right here, this jacket, which barely fits now, this jacket is going to get old and wither away. You know how much I spent on this jacket? No, nothing. It was given to me. I'm cheap that way. But more than likely, the person that bought it cost him $200. He just gave it to me. This little vest right here that I wear, I think this was $100. This shirt, I don't know, 60 bucks. All this stuff that I have, you wash it enough times in the dryer and the washer. Actually, washing in the dryer is a problem. Don't do that. If you wash it in the washer and dry in the dryer or whatever, it's not going to hold up very long, is it? And we put all of our money and our resources into these things, but we don't put our money into God's work. All the things that we do for God are eternal. Amen? Listen to me. All the things we do for God are eternal. Amen? All the things we do for God are eternal. Amen? So that when I look at losing this, this vest that for some reason doesn't fit like the day I bought it, I don't know. Maybe too much fry bread. I, it could be that. I don't know. But this shirt, is. it doesn't matter what matters is what's going to happen when I get to glory. Amen? That's what matters. Amen? And then, and then God's going to give me a new body. A new body. One that the ankles don't pop every time I walk into a room. And my need desires to go, you know, I'm not going to walk today. Because I'm getting older. Thank you for agreeing with me. I appreciate that. See, the baby understands. He's laughing at me. Brothers and sisters, quit holding on to stuff that is temporal. A reward is going to be the crown of life. Jesus said this. this he said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I'm going to ask a hard question as the music starts to play. I'm going to ask a hard question. Are you ready? Are you willing to lose your life? See, I, I'm around people when they're at the end of their life. And typically, the reaction I get from a lot of people is fear because they don't want to. They don't want to die. And I get that. I'm not criticizing them, but there's fear there. I remember one man. My wife and I knew him in Germany. And he got cancer. He's a pastor, and he got cancer. And. As he was laying in the hospital bed, his, he was literally dying. And with what little bit of strength he had, he raised his arms. And he said, I can't wait to meet you, Jesus. I can't wait to see you, Jesus. And he started worshiping right then and there. And the Lord took him. The Lord took him right there. The Lord took him. Steve. He understood what it means to walk into those pearly gates dancing, amen, not cowering in fear. And if we as the church had that attitude, that no matter how he takes me, if he takes me under a pile of rubble, if he takes me from a shotgun wound, I know I'm being a little graphic here, if he takes me from a natural death, if he takes me from something happening to me, none of that matters because the moment my life is is, I'm going to walk in the clouds of glory and I'm going to say, hey! Jesus, what's up? I love that old song where the man's walking into heaven and all these people are coming up to him and say, hey, 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 I'm here because of you, I'm here because of you. And he just pushes them aside and says, I'm here to see Jesus. 
I'm here to see Jesus. I'm here to see Jesus, amen. I am here to see Jesus. Brothers and sisters, that's got to be what consumes us. My car doesn't consume me. That car is going to break down one day. My clothes don't consume me. Not even my family as much as I love them. I want my family to be with me when I go to heaven. I want to see Jesus, amen. And I am willing to lay down my life right now for him. Right now if that's what it takes. See, if you meet somebody who doesn't care about their life, they're a little weird. And they get crazy. And they're like, hey, I want you to go over there and I want you to do this dangerous mission. Okay, I'll do it. Because they're not worried about their life. Man, we need some Christians willing to go out in the mission field. We need some Christians willing to go into the jungles. We need some Christians willing to go to downtown Juno in the glory hall. Amen, Randy? We need Christians who are willing to get outside of their homes and willing to go to the places that nobody else wants to go to and avoid the places where the proper Christians go. I remember one time someone told me, I don't, I don't like what's going on in a church because it gives a bad image. I'm sorry, an image of God? Is that bad to you? Is that bad to you? Yeah, maybe you do need to find somewhere, amen? Because when God is in somewhere, he accepts the ones who are unloved, the ones who are rejected, the ones who are, are just not accepted by society. I don't know about you, but I would rather be around a bunch of weirdos and around a bunch of misfits who love God with all their heart than be around a bunch of pretentious know-it-alls who know nothing, amen? I want to be around you, amen? Listen, I'm not calling you weird, but if you're in this church, you already agree that you're weird, amen? I want you to know that we are here together. We are here to serve this world and serve the gospel. Serve the gospel to the world is what I'm trying to say. We are here to let people know that there is one Savior, one God, not someone else, and He is here to save them. And if I have to die to do that, then I willingly lay down my life right now. See, there's someone who can help you to understand what it means to lay down your life for something you believe in is the soldier. A soldier is willing to lay down their life. But see, they didn't decide that on the battlefield. You know when they decided that? The moment they went to boot camp. You can't wait till persecution comes to decide that you're going to serve the Lord. You got to decide now. You got to decide now. That's the way it works. You can't wait to that moment because I promise you, you won't make the right decision. You'll cave. You got to make that decision now. So wait a minute, Pastor, what are you asking? Are, are you asking if I need to be saved? Oh, Lord, no, I hope you're saved. My question is, is are you saved, saved? Are you saved, saved? Are you committed? Are you willing to be like the Christians of the first century who walked into the, to the Colosseum, which I've seen? Are you willing to walk into the Colosseum and see lions coming out? That sounds kind of dramatic, doesn't it? But the lions are coming after you and your family every day. Are you willing? Are you willing to go with me to the mission field as we preach the gospel? Are you willing to me to go with me to Cuba? To go with me to Central America? Are you willing to go to the jungle? Are you willing to go with me to Cake? Dangoon? Places that don't have a pastor right now. Are you willing to me to go with to go with me to Glory Hall? See our, our help in the Glory Hall, people were excited about first, they've kind of backed out a little bit. Can I encourage you to be a part of this ministry? Can I encourage you to be a part of this? It doesn't matter how little you do, this do. Be a part of it. Serve. Serve. Give your life away. Will you stand with me, please? I know some may have to go because of graduation. I love you. Feel like do what you need to do. Here's what I want to say. This is going to be crazy, okay? It's going to be weird. But you've already agreed that you have a weird pastor, so we're okay with that. I'm going to ask you a serious question, okay? 
Hey, there's to be no judgment on anybody if you don't do this or do this, whatever. But how many are willing to say, Pastor, I'm willing to lay down my life if that's what it takes. I'm committing myself to the Lord right now. Now I want you to think about that for a minute because the moment you made that commitment, you're not making it to me, you're making it to God. Are you willing to serve him? If that's you, I just want you to simply step forward. I want you to step forward. Some of you are coming now and that's fine. I want you to step forward and say, I'm willing to serve God. Man, how powerful is this? Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.